Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast, where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts, Darren and Tina. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javag, and joining me, as always, now in these comfy chairs. I love it. Tina Murray. Tina. This is awesome. Yes, welcome to Clean Break. Um, we are so excited to be in a new studio today. It is just really cool. We feel like we've really we went, up. We went from like the Chevette to the Corvette, right? Right, right? <laughs> I, no, I think even a, higher than that. Lamborghini, wow. maybe? Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really a big I love this person. setup. Livestream yeah. Junkies has definitely... Uh, yeah you know, leveled up everything for us. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fun. So yeah, so we're here for another episode of Clean Break. And we have a sponsor. uh, uh, Is that what the right word? That's it. We have a sponsor for the show. Sponsor for the show. So it is Cloud9 Business Solutions. So at Cloud9 Business Solutions, they provide dedicated, innovative, custom and affordable virtual support solutions for all businesses that need a little extra help without the extra cost of hiring staff. So check out Cloud9 business solutions so thank you to them for being our great thing sponsor. too like i love that because uh, especially with what we've just gone through right. i think every business is looking for a different way to to do things more effectively and efficiently yeah and even so. if you just you just need somebody for a couple hours a week it's rather than putting someone on payroll so we you and right. i both use them so yep. they're yep. amazing yeah so that's cool. awesome and so yeah so let's jump into our guest for today i'm really <clears throat> really excited we have justin ralph he is from Tergar International. Uh, he's the chief of staff and it is a non-profit organization. So welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we don't know anything about you. We actually <laughs> walked into the studio and we're like, we don't know if our guest is here today. And, we, and you put it, you put a stand up. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were working on the show. <laughs> so, so yeah, tell us a little bit about you personally and then we'll jump into what you what you do yeah sure great yeah so i'm uh, I, I live locally kind okay. of i live in oxford station which is about 10 minutes south of, of, uh, of here of course and um i live with my my family in a little old farmhouse uh with our uh, son beckett who's five and a half my wife and two rescue dogs okay. i work for tergar international of course as their chief of staff and um yeah i i'm a Trying to think of what else is interesting to tell you. Obviously, I'm I'm like a ninja because you guys didn't realize that you were <laughs> a ninja. <laughs> we like that. You're dating yourself a little bit though, right? Because yeah. like, ninjas were big big in like the 80s, 90s, weren't no, they? Now <laughs> they're huge again, like American Ninja Warrior. Oh, oh, I the mean, show. Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Ninja. Well, if you're a ninja, this is going to be an awesome show because I want <laughs> I want to know everything about being a ninja myself, right? <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you some secrets, but the rest you'll have to learn on your own. Okay. Oh yeah, we I really like, like to hear those now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. So one of the things in your bio, and and really really like totally blew me away is you were an opera singer, professional. Yeah. yeah, you didn't just yeah. dabble in not it. Not in the you, bathroom, not a bathroom yeah, opera like, singer. Yeah, like, you know, right? so A, will you sing for us? And B, tell us about that journey. <laughs> well, if I sing for you, I have a feeling the boys on the mics might uh, freak out because it will <laughs> it'll give them a lot of problems. True. But um, yeah, so I, I, when I was about 17 or 18, I've been really into theater. 
and musical theater. Actually, I met my wife because when I was in grade 11, there was actually a vocal class in our high school, and it was where all the girls were. So a lot of the guys... <laughs> Strategic. Yeah, a, like lot of, a lot of the guys... Ninja. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> ninja. A lot of the guys would go, go to that class to, to hang out with the girls, and I also did that. And at the time, my, my now wife was like, you're a really good singer, you should, you should do this. So I did a competition with her, and then um, we did well, and then I had a singing teacher come up and say, you're a really good singer, you should do this, and that kind of started it. And then when I was in university, I got this teacher who was very hardcore and she was more of an opera teacher. I was more into musical theater and that kind of thing. And she said, I'll train you, but you have to do opera too. Wow. So I started doing opera and then I kind of just fell into it. So in my second year of university, I, I auditioned for like my first professional gig and actually got it. And then I ended up doing it for about 10 years. So it wasn't my full time job. It was like my part time job, which is the case for a lot of opera singers mm -hmm. in okay. Canada. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. not, it's but not it was a still a job. It That's was a thing. job. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know a lot. I don't know a lot of people who get paid to sing. Yeah. Never mind be an opera singer and sing. So that's really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, like, really... What, like, were they? Were you doing it in plays and theater productions? Yeah. So mostly operas and operettas in in Toronto. So Toronto has a bit of an opera scene. They have the really big professional opera company, the Canadian Opera Company. Okay. So of course, I, I didn't end up getting to that stage of my career. But there are lots of little opera companies in Toronto. So I did all sorts of uh, roles with them. So it would be live, you know, do okay. three weeks of rehearsal, usually pretty intensely every day. Yeah. Preparing for three or four nights of singing. Wow. And acting. How did that make you feel being in front of a large audience? Like, that? <laughs> like was yeah. it nerve wracking at first? You know, it's funny, you know, so uh, the anxiety for me was never actually on stage. So on stage, it was like I would just come alive and really enjoy it, actually, the the energy of it. And it was like super fun and exciting. But what was nerve wracking was the time leading up to it. You know, just the pressure of having to prepare well. Um, it's like it's almost like the Olympics of singing. You know, your voice has to be in really good shape. You're uh, practicing several hours a day, you're doing coachings, you're doing lessons, you're doing languages because, you know, you're doing Italian, French, German. Mm. And then on top of all that, we live in Canada. So in the winter, you're getting sick all the time. So it's like just so a lot of pressure. So the actual performances themselves were like really fun. The time leading up to the performances were pretty, pretty intense for me anyways. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's cool. That's cool stuff. Yeah, that is very <laughs> cool stuff. So what, what made you transition from doing that to what you're doing now? Yeah, so there were kind of two, two things. Um, one was, was the anxiety, honestly. I think mm -hmm. some people are built for it and some people aren't. And I just was not. You know, mm -hmm. that, that pressure of, um, of doing it just, it became so big that the, the enjoyment of actually doing the singing part mm -hmm. just was not up to that pressure, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and it, that was a hard journey too, because it was like the enjoyable part was there, but slowly I was like, ah, you know, I spend 90% of my time uh, in, in an anxious state, basically just fearing no. getting sick or not being good enough or, mm. you know, just it's it was an intense profession. So so that was part of it. And then also I wanted to start a family and I'm kind of a homebody, which is a, the opposite of being an opera singer, especially in Canada. You're not going to just get to be at home. You're going to be traveling a lot, flying mm. around to get oh. different gigs. So. Um, yeah, so those are the two main things. And then the, the third thing, I guess, weirdly, is that I was never super passionate about opera itself. <laughs> okay. It, it was like I was good at it. I, I have like a 
just naturally had a voice for opera and definitely had some success, but I didn't have like the crazy passion for it, okay. which I think if I did, it would have made me be able to maybe overcome some of the anxiety or maybe I would have decided, oh, I don't need to be a homebody. I can travel. But it, I think unless that real hardcore passion is there in the end, the, the sacrifice you have to make, mm -hmm. it wasn't worth it in the end. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of what propelled me to do that transition. Mm -hmm. There's not a predominance in, in English uh, opera, is there? Like, is it pr predominantly like Latin or, or Italian or something? Yeah, it's a good question. There, there is English opera, but m much more in Italian, German, French. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, some English opera. A lot of it's more modern, but the really famous traditional operas you see the big companies putting on mostly in other languages. So yeah. do you actually know those languages? No. <laughs> Great question. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Because you had to learn them. Like, yeah. You had to learn to sing or whatever in those languages, but you don't know them. No, no. And some, some singers do. A lot of the time you're going to a language coach, so you'll learn what the words mean, of course, so you know what you're singing about. Yeah. And you'll learn how to pronounce it so you actually sound like you know what you're saying, but not not fluent in, in those languages, okay. no. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that would have been pretty That's cool really byproduct. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. do you think if you went over to Italy or any of those places that you might be able to pick up things maybe a little faster than someone who'd never had that language training? Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Definitely vocabulary, I think. Yeah. Because you do learn, you know, you just learn what the words mean. Yeah. So definitely if I hear Italian, there'll be words I pick up. Okay. But then, of course, it's yeah. so fast. Like yeah, when true. you're singing, every word is like spread out. You have lots of time to think about it. And then when you're talking, it's just like blah, 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 yeah. blah. You know, yeah, so yeah. Fast. And they're fast languages, right? <laughs> yeah, like they, they are. Speak, yeah, very yeah, quickly. Totally. Cool. Okay, so you've you've left the opera. Now yeah. what do you do? Yeah, so the transition was was actually really tough, I have to say. Because mm -hmm. it was a, but it was a big growing, growing experience for me because I, I realized quickly it was very painful to leave. And I had put all of my self-worth into this identity as a singer, you know? So it was like, and that's actually where the anxiety came from too, because it was like the, it wasn't just being a good singer. It was like, that's what made me worthwhile. You know, it was like, I'm good identity, at singing. Who you Th are. That's who I am, you right. know? That's all I knew. It was like, I had had people tell me I was a good singer and that this was my identity. So. It made a lot of anxiety on the one hand because if I didn't perform well, it was like I was bad, you know, like there was right. something. And then to leave that was like, you know, what am I actually? Who am I? Mm. Yeah. So it was tough. And um, I went through some tough times and still the anxiety that I had attached to the opera didn't go away as often, you know, whatever, when you have an anxiety disorder will just attach to whatever it can right mm -hmm. so it just found other things to attach to mm -hmm. and so it was tough it was difficult and uh, as i was going through this uh period of transition anxiety depression the whole nine yards it was it was quite painful um i started to look into ways to help myself and uh, i did some therapy and the therapist at the time said oh you know meditation could be something to look at it's starting to get a lot of science behind it so I started meditating and I just like really, really loved it. I found it so interesting. I started to get into the, the traditions that meditation came from. I got a meditation teacher that I started to speak to. And then it just kind of went snowballed from there. So I went from kind of like a 
hardcore opera singer then several years later to like a hardcore meditator <laughs> wow you go all in eh? there's no way I, between I do go... <laughs> put it right down yeah yeah I'm, I, I'm very like i'm all in on things so yeah, if, it's, yeah. nice. if i'm yeah. gonna do something committed <laughs> yeah even if i'm like i'm just gonna take it light within like a few weeks i'm like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing you pick some positive things to be like full committed on, right? <laughs> I'm like, can, can end not well. <laughs> yeah, we'd be having a different conversation depending on what I had found. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> can I ask some questions about meditation in general? Definitely. Like, I, I'm a neophyte on this stuff, right? Yeah. I, I do use some simple meditation techniques myself when I go to sleep and Great. Uh, <clears throat> when I try to wake up in the morning. Um, but like I'm, I'm a neophyte on it. So can you explain a little bit more about how meditation works for people? Like, yeah. the, like the different types there are and maybe, maybe some steps that you use? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, so it, it's amazing because meditation, like even 15 years ago, it was almost something if you did it, you would like keep it a secret you uh. know, in the West. It would be like, you know, people would think you were kind of a hippie or you were yeah, up to yeah, some yeah, weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. And now it's so ubiquitous like everyone yeah. is meditating mm -hmm. it's like when you look at the top apps on your phone like so many of them are meditation apps mm -hmm. so so many kinds of meditation so i can tell you a bit about kind of the tradition that i've learned and what what tergar does and you know i can't i'm not an expert on all the different types but i can give you give you a little bit so okay. and then also the science basis of it is really interesting so i'll try to okay. cover cover as much of that as i can not being a scientist myself but the basic uh, way we look at meditation in this tradition that Tergar practices, which is, comes from the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, although it's very secular the way we teach it, especially in uh, some of our programs, it's all about awareness, actually. Mm. It's about this knowing quality of our mind that's actually very natural. Um, so when I'm talking right now, it doesn't take you any effort to hear my voice, right? You're mm -hmm. just hearing it. And in the same way, when you meditate, you can basically pick any object of your senses, your hearing, your seeing, even taste, touch, feelings in the body, and just know them. Just know they're happening. That's mm -hmm. it. You don't really have to do much more than that. And when you allow your mind to just be with an object of your senses, like sound, you know, you'll be with it for a little bit, you'll notice it, and then you'll get distracted. You know, you'll get caught in your thoughts. Yep. I get caught in <laughs> your day that's ahead, the day that's behind. And that's okay. That's what happens. And then you just know that you're hearing again. You know that your awareness is there. And then you're meditating again. Hmm. You get distracted, come back to sound, get distracted, come back to sound. So that's the basic idea. And the core thing that's actually important is the awareness aspect. That knowing quality that's very effortless. Um, there can be... A, misconception with meditation that's happened in the West where it's like, I need to clear my mind. I need to have no thoughts. I need to not think, not feel right. my it's breath. Like you're forcing yeah. like force <laughs> meditation. Focus on my breath. Very muscular, right? And push <laughs> away my thoughts. But that that just actually makes you more stressed, more right. intense. Right. And you won't want to meditate, right? Because it sucks. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right? It's like another job. Like you're like, like I'm stressed about meditating. Yeah. <laughs> like who, yeah, who would yeah. want to do that? That's yeah. just suffering, right? Right. But it's actually, you know, and uh, the other thing is it's impossible to clear your mind of mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, if you can find me someone who can do that, you know, awesome. They're probably. <clears throat> Maybe they're they might invited. tell you that they are. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
I was gonna say brain dead, but that's not I, that, that, that's that's not the word I'm looking for. But like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> like somebody, there's who could possibly just clear your mind? Yeah, your yeah. mind, your mind just thinks, right? Like, I, I think the one thing that I try to do, it's not completely clearing my mind, but what I try to do is just focus on white paper. I try to picture white paper in my mind, like when I'm sitting here trying to calm my mind down. Yeah. I'll just I'll just think about a sheet of white paper on a desk hmm. and I just focus on that and, and try to look at the paper, like see it in my mind. Oh. And I find that kind of like cancels out some of the background noise while hmm. I'm doing it. Hmm. I know it's a very simple thing. Uh, my wife taught me one uh, years ago. She said, uh, focus on your toes. And then go to your ankles, yeah. and then go to your your calves, go to your knees, and then by the time you're at your waist, you should be completely relaxed and be ready to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Great. such a simple thing, it, but I've it actually works. Yeah. I usually get to like around like my knees or my 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 calves, and I'm like, I'm yeah, completely no, out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've done that too, where I focused on you know, like you say, your toes, or maybe you start at your your you know your top or whatever, and just you know, slow your breathing and and yeah. that kind of stuff, and yeah. That's great. That's a body scan. I mean, that is meditation for sure. Just going through the body, noticing your scalp, noticing your face, noticing your ears, just allowing the mind to be with that, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the amazing, the paradox of it is that your mind does calm down, you know? So when you try to push your thoughts away, it's like one, one trick our teacher, Mingyur Rinpoche, who runs Tergar, uh, uses is, you know, if I tell you to not think of pizza, don't think of pizza. Stop. Don't, don't, don't think of pizza. All I can see is pepperoni cheese. <laughs> well, no, and I own, a, I own a rest, I own a store that makes pizza. <laughs> so that's the first You probably place. Do, tr really try not to think about pizza. <laughs> I try not to eat pizza, yeah. but that's not working well. Thank so, you for that visual. Thank so, you. <laughs> so all you can think of is pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. right. The more you try not to think about pizza, the more you're going to think about it. Don't worry about the pizza. <laughs> Just let the pizza be, you know, it's going to come and go. The pizza will come, it'll go. But you can still be with sound, for example. You can listen to sound or, or scan your body, you know, pay attention to your body. And then thoughts will come and go while you're doing that. But mm. it's okay. They can just come and go. You don't need to do anything with them. And then as you do that, the kind of science basis of it is that you're, you're training your attentional ability, your ability to pay attention on purpose, you know. Mm. Um, and this is where it really factors into mental health because, say, for anxiety and depression, um, there's some studies coming out that say they're almost an attentional disorder because you pay so, you're, you're not able to redirect your attention from this like, negative thinking. You know, right. whether with anxiety, maybe it's, it's more uh, thoughts that are causing stress. With depression, it's more thoughts that are causing uh, sadness or loneliness. But still, it's like the mind continues to go back to these thoughts again and again you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when you learn to meditate when you learn to pay attention to something on purpose you're training your attentional ability to to not do that you know you have the negative thoughts they're there okay but then you can just gently redirect your attention without pushing the thoughts away right they're still there but over time the more you train mm -hmm. the more you're able to direct your mind to things that bring you more peace and calm and joy and less to the things that are painful and, and harmful. Mm -hmm. Now, traditionally, like in the West, I mean, there's uh, a lot of people that use medication to try to deal yeah. with that, right? Mm -hmm. And um, have you ever had any 
anything like that where you've had to use medication for the for how your 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 feelings? Yeah, this is a great question. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was at one point I was doing therapy. I was on three medications wow. for anxiety and depression. Uh, okay. Just you know, and uh, it's not you know. I think an important thing to say is it's not bad to go on medication. And mm -hmm. in fact, when things are really bad, like where I was at, there's no way I could have meditated. I mean, there was just my mind was not in a place where it would have been helpful. Mm -hmm. Doing therapy, having medication and doing meditation, doing all three of those things, I think got me to a point where then I could start going off the medication. So right. now I'm only on one medication. Okay. So, I, but it took time, you know, so I was on three medications, doing therapy, meditating, and over, over the years, I was able to slowly get off the medications and uh, do more meditation. I was able to finish therapy, which was super useful, and I got a lot of tools from, and then continue my meditation journey and slowly got rid of the medications one by one. So it does, awesome. it really does work, but mm -hmm. it takes time, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and some of those medications are they're very powerful, right? Mm -hmm. The ones, the anti-depression <clears throat> stuff like that. And I know I have some in my family, like uh, uh, some people in my family that are, are using medication to alter um, their focus, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I guess I, I come from a world, I know my parents especially, it's like they just didn't do, like, mm -hmm. why do you need an aspirin? Well, I <laughs> have a hangover. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, you know, but yeah. they, they just, my parents just didn't like medication, mm -hmm. right? Same so I kind of grew up with this idea that, that mm -hmm. medication means broken. Right. And I know that's not true mm -hmm. now, but yeah. growing up as a child, uh, looking at that, I thought that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if the world has kind of flipped the other way, but I, you look on social media, a lot of people are on something like there's something that they're using. Right. Well, and, and you know, what <clears throat> I kind of think about that is that like and I've tried to say this to people is that if you broke your leg, would you just hobble around on it and say, it's okay, I don't need a doctor. <laughs> Rub it right? off. Just, <laughs> just Shake it off. Like I pulled my quad in soccer the other night. My kid was like, just walk it off. Because that's probably what I told him. You know, like, just walk it off. You're fine. Fine, right? My kids are like, yeah, we could have broken legs and you tell us to walk Ooh. it off. But it's, you know, it's true, right? Like if you had cancer, if you had diabetes, my, my father is a diabetic. I'm not going to say to him, suck it up, dad. Like, Make your pancreas work. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just does. Will it? Will it to Will work? It, right. <laughs> and the same, I think, with mental health. Right. Is that yeah. you know people are afraid because there's still that stigma. Even though oh, we've definitely. come a long way, there's still that stigma. Yep. And I don't think there's anything wrong with medication. Yeah. But I really like the perspective that you've been able to to give us is that yes, you're still on a medication. Yeah. And and maybe that's just something that you'll never be able to be off because your pancreas isn't working. It's not going to start <laughs> working miraculously. There's a chemical imbalance that no matter what you do in your body, it's still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the fact though that you that you can you know maybe give hope to people who are potentially struggling with anxiety and depression that there are key ways that you can help yourself. Definitely. Go get a therapist if you need to get on medication. Get on medication, but then work on it yourself. Right. Yeah. Because so many people are want the easy route. Right. Oh, I'll just take medication. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that doesn't work, unfortunately. It, it will work in the short term. For sure, to get you healthier emotionally, yeah. 
but mm -hmm. ultimately there's a little bit of work involved. It's yeah. like, yeah. like again, let's go back to the diabetes. If my dad, my dad takes insulin several times a day, but he doesn't mean he can now start eating donuts and, you know, like, yeah, you know, like he does eat it once in a while, but he still has to, he still has to put work in it yeah. Yeah. to make sure he stays healthy. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, another thing that comes up, I find is a bit of a buzzword today is the manifesting, right? You can um, will yourself into uh, uh, like being healthier, or getting through something or having something. Right. And I think that's very powerful. For sure. I do. Uh, but I also I agree with you. There's limits, you right? There's only we are still in a physical world that has that's that's sure. impacted. By, yeah, by like I'd like to I'd like to manifest myself into winning a seventy million dollar lottery. I think my wife does that every morning. <laughs> Is it working? She she keeps she's sold on it. She I you know it's it's funny that you say that because I, I think she she tries very hard and she sees things that she feels are positive in her life. Because it's not just the seventy million dollars; it's yeah. also she tries to manifest good good days, good sure. karma around sure. her, and okay. and she notices things, yeah. and and it makes her happy. So I'm like, that's good. That's a good uh, form of manifestation, right? Yeah. Is so that's good. I think he and I could just keep talking. Yeah, we're so gonna. We yeah, listen. <laughs> I want to know more about the company that yeah. you work for. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah, so this is, it was part of my journey too. So I, I got this meditation kind of mentor teacher. Uh, her name is Devin Hayes. She's a wonderful, just like the kindest, most compassionate person you could imagine. She's actually doing a, a, a one-year retreat right now with her husband. They're doing a one-year uh, traditional kind of Tibetan Buddhist retreat, wow. which is really cool. Um, but she actually introduced me to Yangi Mingyur Rinpoche. Um, so he wrote a book called The Joy of Living that was a New York Times bestseller. And he's really interesting. So he's a Tibetan monk, uh, but kind of like Tibetan royalty almost. He grew up, mm -hmm. his father was one of the greatest meditation teachers of the 21st century. Um, and he was like a, a, a tulku, which in the Tibetan tradition means he's kind of like a, a rebirth of a very important teacher. So he, you know, he in many ways grew up with like a silver spoon, you know, like um, mm -hmm like almost like a prince, a Dharma prince. <laughs> okay. um, but he had terrible anxiety. Uh, when he was like 10, 11, 12, he had panic attacks. Um, he would be in these big things called pujas, which are these big ceremonies where there's lots of drums and big trumpets and sound, and he would have panic attacks during them. And uh, it's amazing that he, first of all, talks about this because a, uh, a lot of people don't <laughs> and won't, especially when you have like kind of a high station, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, in this Joy of Living book, he talks about his journey of he ended up doing a three-year retreat when he was 13 years old. He went to, I think, wow. at 12 or 13 uh, and went to a monastery and um, just was faced with this panic and anxiety head on. And he kind of talks about his journey of how he, uh, how he came to be friends with his anxiety and panic and they became supports for his meditation. And... Um, obviously very inspiring and it also was so personally connected to my own journey to hear this and um, that I was like okay I, I'm, I'm on board I'm going to learn more about meditation from this teacher so I kind of became a student of, of Tergar, Tergar International which is the company I work for now and a student of Mingyur Rinpoche and learned how to meditate uh, kind of according to his instructions and really uh, went all in on that and then um, Last year, they were hiring an executive assistant, and I had been a project manager at a tech company. And um, I thought, well, I'll just apply for the job. Cool, why not? 
and ended up getting it. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I started working for them. Um, yeah, so wow. uh, Tergar International is kind of his, uh, his organization in the West. Mm -hmm. So he, he has monasteries in Nepal and there's also a Tergar Asia. But uh, Tergar International is, is, uh, is uh, basically all of his Western activities. So there's different programs we put on. It's a nonprofit. Um, we have like a secular meditation training program called the Joy of Living that goes through his uh, kind of entire guidance on the path. And that in itself is a whole, you know, you could basically do that training and be good, good to go. You're, okay. you're kind of good. You've, you've gotten the instructions. You, it's quite in depth and detailed and you go through um, first you kind of learn how to tame, tame your mind or tame your monkey mind, which is that part of your brain that's like, Oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. Always planning, you know, so we kind of. I think I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. waiting. I was waiting for you to like look at me. <laughs> it's okay. There's nothing wrong. We all yeah, have monkey. Good. We, good. we all have we all have monkey mind and we just have to give monkey a job, right? Yeah, I think mine's King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to give King Kong a job. So cool. OK, excellent. Yeah. So tell me tell me a little bit more. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, uh, how do you how do you do the instruction? Is it is it is it videos? Is it yeah. uh, in person or yeah? There's a few different options. So there are basically an online course or program that you can just take through the website. It's all asynchronous, so it's mm -hmm. uh, pre-recorded videos, and then there's also uh, instructors available that you can ask questions of, and they also do live webinars once a month. So you basically can do the online program asynchronously on your own time. You watch videos from Rinpoche where he teaches the different mm -hmm. instructions. They also give homework, you know, like so okay. for the next week, you know, you'll do five minutes of this practice once a day. And then once you finish that, then you move on to the next. So it's kind of step by step. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also workshops that happen uh, synchronously live online. So you can kind of look up in a different, maybe Terragar Canada, because there is kind of a Canadian branch, will be doing a workshop. And you can sign up and do more intensive, like eight weeks, and, and do a bunch of the training at once mm -hmm. instead of asynchronously. Mm -hmm. And then also there's live events, which we haven't done for the last few years, of course. Uh, this year we just did it again for the first time, which was exciting and also mm -hmm. just crazy. Yeah. Um, but So there are also live events that he does. So he just was in Minneapolis a couple months ago, and, and Madison, and actually he's been traveling all along the States for the last few months. Wow. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And so what's the, the average timeline to, to go through the, the oh, process? Good question. Yeah, well, I would say definitely it's it's a lifetime process just just to, you know, meditating. Um, you'll just go deeper and deeper. And usually I find that people, once they kind of get a taste for it, they, they want to because mm -hmm. <laughs> you recognize the difference it can make. Mm -hmm. The whole joy of living is, is a pretty extensive <clears throat> program. Um, so if you were to do all of the joy of living, there's three different levels. The first one is the kind of learning to calm the mind and become more uh, connected to your awareness, this knowing quality of mind that we all have, very natural. And then the joy of living too is more about love and compassion, about connecting with yourself and with others. And then joy of living three, which is the third stage, is more about uh, wisdom. Uh, mm -hmm. Wisdom meaning like how does this reality we live in actually work? Um, which wisdom can mean different things in different traditions. But there's certain kind of uh, concepts that come from the Buddhist tradition that actually work in our secular kind of science Western world, like uh, impermanence, for example. 
a big uh, core tenet of Buddhism is the idea that everything is impermanent. And um, this is actually just something that's true. We know that everything around us will eventually, anything that comes together also has to come apart, right? right. Including, of course, our lives, the people around us, buildings. And it sounds a little depressing, but it's mm -hmm. actually not mm -hmm. because uh, a lot of the pain that we experience is because we cling to things as being yeah. permanent. Right. I so completely as agree with that. Yeah. I, I believe we're all just borrowing things. Mm -hmm. We're using them in the time <laughs> and then someone else will be using it another yeah. day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and we all know it. We, you know, because the only thing that's certain in, in life is that, you know, eventually we will die, of course, mm -hmm. or things will, 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 will lose things, will gain things. I mean, mm -hmm. everything is always changing, but mm -hmm. at a deeper level, I'm not sure we all believe it so much, right? And we, mm -hmm. we suffer a lot when things change yeah. because we expect them to stay the same. Mm -hmm. right. And so the wisdom aspect is learning about things like impermanence and really understanding and at a deeper level how everything is changing, which actually brings you a lot of release and peace Calm. because yeah. you're not clinging to when things change. It's mm -hmm. not like, why did this happen to me? And, you know, this, you know, poor me and this is horrible. And how could life do this to me? And it's like, of course, there's still pain and we still suffer, but it's a little less suffering when we understand that things just aren't always going to stay the same. Right. And right. I think we've all lived through this for the past few years with the pandemic, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so much pain and suffering and our lives changed in ways we never could have predicted. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the pain of that, we can't we can't deny that. And that's not the point. Of course, it is going to be painful when things change. But we add an extra pain when we think that things shouldn't change and they'll always stay the same because mm -hmm. it's just not true. Mm -hmm. So I have yeah. a question on that. Um, this is a good conversation. It's a great conversation. <laughs> um, so, so number number one, um, had you started this before COVID? Like, did you start your journey on this? I before? did. Yeah. You did. Okay. Do you find that your training and the education that you've received did it help you through yeah. COVID? Help you be prepared for COVID? Hugely, I would say, hugely. Hmm. Um, yes, I, and I was very grateful to like all all the people who taught me and gave hmm. me this kind of training for everything that happened during the pandemic because I suffered for sure. Anxiety, fear about, you know, what is gonna happen to our world, what's gonna happen to, you know, and everything, everything that we all went through. Mm -hmm. But I didn't suffer as much as like I would have 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. My God, I would have been a total disaster. I, I don't know mm -hmm. how I would have survived. Mm -hmm. But honestly, through most of the pandemic, I personally felt pretty okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I recognized the suffering I was going through and also the extreme suffering of the world, which is hard to see. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I did feel like I could bear it. Marriage. You know, I, I could bear it. Yeah. yeah. Have you noticed people in your life that are meditating? Have you noticed a, a positive impact for them? Like, let's say your wife, for instance, was she like she followed you on this journey, obviously. Um, like, have you noticed in other people's lives how meditation has worked? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it's kind of funny in my my personal circle outside of the meditation world. I actually don't really know any meditators. <laughs> oh, really? OK. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, a, I'm a very like kind of almost solitary practitioner. Okay. I, I definitely know my wife will tell you that I'm I'm much easier to live with. <laughs> so she's seen the change. Um, Good transition for her too. Then. Yeah, yeah. But um, certainly the people I work, you know, so many of the people who work at Terragar also are students of, of Rinpoche or mm -hmm. students meditate are in different parts of the meditation world. They've seen the difference. 
Um, and I've certainly seen the difference when you just look at um, the, like the science, like when you see studies, it's incredible some of the stuff you can find. Yeah. Um, for example, actually an interesting one I just found out about a few weeks ago because uh, uh, there's, there's been a lot of debate in the meditation world where people like the US military are actually using a lot of meditation training for soldiers. And, you know, I've, I've struggled with that because I think like, well, are we training them to be better at like doing bad things, basically? Like, Ooh. are we, are we, by, could you use mindfulness yeah, yeah. to be a better killer? Right, right. You know, right. or something like that. And Ooh, how, that's a deep question. How appropriate <laughs> is that? But this study was interesting because it found that actually even just learning basic mindfulness, uh, the soldiers became more compassionate. Mm. So not even training compassion, just training them to say, pay attention to their breath they started to think more about the person who was on the other side of the barrel, for Ooh. example. Yeah. Um, so so just, po positive impact. Yeah, yeah. Like just, yeah. Well, I, you know, and, and funny, you would say that last, last weekend, I think. Uh, so my, my oldest son is in the army, in the mm. Canadian yeah. army. And um, I'm, I'm sure it was last weekend. We had a conversation about uh, the government has actually done studies, actually I'm not quite sure exactly what they were doing, but basically checking the mental health of all the people in his mm. trade and how the mental health really sucked, to be honest yeah. with you, right? Mm. And 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 I said, what are they doing with this information? Nothing. Yeah. And he said, they're basically just saying, we're going to check your mental health, but we don't really care about it, right? Mm. Basically, that was that yeah. was the impression I got, whether that is 100% accurate or not. And I just when you said that, I was like, wow, like, what if they started teaching this type of thing to these military members? Yeah. What would it do for their mental health? And, you know, you hear about all these people that are, have come back from, you know, Afghanistan and places like that that have, you know, major mental health issues, PTSD and stuff. What could we do preemptively yeah. to get them in a better emotional place before they even have to see the atrocities of war or other things, right? Yeah. Wow. Preemptively de dealing with trauma almost. Yeah. Like there's going to be some. You don't know how deep it's going to be, but here's some skills and tools to yeah. deal with it when it happens. I think that's brilliant, by the way. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, not only are you, I mean, if if the outcome is a compassion yeah. for what you're fighting against, I think, oh, and but I think the outcome for yourself is that it's going to be, yeah, you yeah too. compassion for yourself. Absolutely. And when you leave, yeah. you're not a broken instrument that, mm -hmm. that the institution has used. Mm -hmm. I think. And, and, you know, and that's the thing is <clears throat> that I think these people like, you know, he's 22, he's not even 23 yet. And he, he is mentally preparing for potential yeah. trauma. Yeah. Right. Course. And so, wow, boy. Wow, I'm going to get my kid into meditation. <laughs> I actually think he does a degree of it as it is, but yeah. wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, on a lighter note, uh, any yeah. any uh, funny stories that yeah. on your journey? Like whether it's meditation <laughs> or not, something you want to share personally uh, with a everybody? funny story. Yeah. I could I could share some uh, funny just like maybe some sometimes how hilarious a meditation session can be. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. even, even when you've been meditating for a long time and maybe a funny quote that I really love because sometimes um, so when you sit down to practice, you know, you're going to sit down and, and you're going to notice this monkey mind very clearly and a lot of the time people actually think they're getting worse at first. It's very common. You start meditating and you think before I meditated. I was actually better 
because now I'm thinking all the time and all I do is think. And it's actually that you're just noticing it for the mm. first time. Uh -huh, so it's okay. a sign the practice is working because that thinking's been happening. It's just that you, it was just basically riding you, you know, like yeah. you, you were under it. You were you were in the river. You weren't seeing the river. When you start practicing, it's like you've gotten out of the river and you're you watching it. And all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 you know, sometimes I'll be sitting practicing and I'm just, you know, I, I feel pretty calm. And then there's just this crazy person in my in my head. And it's just like going on and on. And it's like, dude, come on, enough. <laughs> and I, I was telling my kind of coach or mentor, you know, Devin, about this one day. And she said there's this quote they have at Spirit Rock, which is this meditation uh, center in, in California. And it's something like this uh this student came into jack cornfield who's this big western insight teacher and he said it's like i'm alone in a sound booth with a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> and i just I, love I that i feel that actually quite strongly <laughs> i think we all do though yeah, right? right to different <laughs> levels right yeah. so that's but that's you, a really good that's analogy great. Yeah, I love I like that. That. but you actually the the, the you know so it, it, it can be funny though and eventually I think the power of practicing this way is you can kind of start to have some compassion for that voice mm -hmm. and also not be so can you know you can see it almost as just part of this biological thing that's your brain is just rattling away yeah. but you can actually just sit and watch it and it will calm down it will come and go you can start to have some compassion for yourself and for that little monster who's tortures you so much mm -hmm. as you get more and more space from it mm -hmm. you can kind of laugh and be like wow this is wild yeah and it's oh, it's almost like watching a fun movie and yeah, yeah. feel bad yeah. for the for the crazy yeah <laughs> poor and monkey we, and we all have it oh my god that's <laughs> really cool that's more really... of us recognize that right <laughs> wow how do you think this will end not end for you that again i say these things like where do you see this going for you like do you see it being a lifelong obviously it's a lifelong yeah for me it is you know um i'm the chief of staff at, at tergar right now which for me it, it's it's weird to say but it's like a dream job i mean uh minga rinpoche uh my teacher has given me all these tools that have totally transformed my life and to be mm -hmm. able to work for work for him to help other people connect to these teachings to see mm -hmm. the difference it makes in their lives um it's just incredible, right? So, so for me, um, there's yeah, I, I, I think my my journey now is here, <laughs> and and whatever, yeah. As as we were just talking about, everything changes. You know, who's mm -hmm. who's to say what will be in ten years or twenty years? Mm -hmm. But I do know I'm I'm very uh, rooted in in my practice and and where it's brought me and. Um, in some way, I'll, I'll serve serve this practice and, and help people connect to it. And yeah, I think that's kind of what my my life will be. Mm. Yeah. And your anxiety and depression? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Gone? Like I wouldn't say it's totally gone. Um, I think I think that does happen eventually. Actually, Minga Rinpoche tells that story that he became friends with his panic you know, mm -hmm. it helped him. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he was friends with it, it helped his meditation, then it left. <laughs> oh my God. And his friend was gone. Oh my God. Oh, which gave him anxiety probably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Where'd man. my friend go? And, the, and then he missed it, right? Because yeah. it helped yeah. him. So yeah. I, I don't think I'm quite there yet, but a yeah. lot of it is gone now, yeah, which is kind of crazy to say actually, because it was such a big part of 
you know, it was it was 99% of the time uh, in my worst moments was just depressed, anxious thinking. And I'd say even when it's happening now, it's not uh, a problem. It's just there. It's just nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think everybody comes to a uh, certain crossroads in their journey and everything you just described with meditation, I think, I don't know how successful everyone is, but I think you almost have to be ready to embrace it. Absolutely. It's not one of those things where you say, I'm going to do meditation. Yep. I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to do meditation. Yep. Right? Yep. And I'm, I'm going to be better I'm going to be awesome at it. And I'm going to just do you know what I mean? And then, Backwards, that's what we would do. That's what we would do. We're going to do, do it today we're best, and we're going to be good. <laughs> we're, that's it. We're going to be the best. <laughs> yeah, it takes, it takes time, yeah. right? It's, it's a, a journey. And it's step by mm-hmm. step and mm-hmm. little, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about it too much, but little bits at a time. Is, is really the best step to take. Short moments, many times. Mm-hmm. Even if you could just do two minutes a day, three minutes a day, or, you know, I've always said five minutes a day. Most people can five five minutes in their day. Yes. And you don't need to be anywhere special. You don't need you don't need a special cushion. You don't need mm-hmm. uh, you don't need anything. All you need is your is your own mind, which you have with you. It's with you all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you can just pick something to pay attention to for a little bit. And that five minutes a day, if you just did that every day, just built that habit, then you will naturally start to feel a bit calmer. You'll see the difference. And then that five minutes will just grow because you'll say, ah, this is making a difference for me. I'm going to start to, maybe I'll try seven minutes a day. Maybe I'll try eight minutes a day. So those little bits. And then over time, you know, when you're doing it, you don't see the difference. You know, you might think like, Yesterday I meditated, today I meditated, tomorrow I'll meditate, and, and nothing has changed. But then if you look back and you've been doing it for a year, you'll think, oh my goodness, like mm-hmm. from the time I started a year ago to now, I'm like a different person. Mm-hmm. So many valuable nuggets mm-hmm. in what we're talking about. And they kind of all correlate. You know, mm-hmm. It's almost like exercising your mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's, yeah. it's like exercise. Yeah. People think they're going to go and run a 10K marathon. It doesn't happen. You're not mm-hmm. just going to get up one morning and do it. You have mm-hmm. to train your yeah. body to get there. Mm-hmm. Same thing like with your training your mind. Yeah, right? definitely. Like, like well, and the one thing my sister said to me one time was like, because I when I I haven't in a while, but when I was meditating to try to go to sleep at night because I was not able to fall asleep, <clears throat> um, she said, you know what, you really should probably try to do it during the day too sometimes, not just to fall asleep. And I thought, yeah, yeah you're probably right, because I was only using it as a tool to help myself fall asleep. That was all I saw the need for it. Right. It was, which is is great. You were using it to solve a, a big problem, actually, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually, yeah, you might want to try. You know, you're, you're sitting you're up, curing one <laughs> symptom, which is great, though. Right. And whatever you're in is, and yeah. I think a lot of people come to it as I did first, trying to cure a symptom, mm. like anxiety. You know, but you're not really getting to the cause necessarily, mm. which as you go deeper with meditation, then you start to really understand yourself and your own mind, other people. And then you get closer to the cause. When you cure the cause, then all the symptoms mm. can go away. Don't do it in your car. <laughs> <laughs> not while driving. <laughs> Stay safe. Yeah, while you're driving. I while actually, you're driving. That's no, what I should I say. actually have done it in my car if I was feeling anxious about something okay. uh, before I, I entered into this environment where I was feeling anxious about, I've actually, oh. it was your, my therapist actually at the time told me to do that. Right. Um, just, you know, and so I would literally do some, just some meditation just to allow myself to be calm enough to get into that room. Yeah. Okay. You can know you're driving while you're driving. You know, you can know I'm driving right now. I'm not lost. You know, there are cars yep. going by. My hands are on the steering wheel. That's it. That's cool. You know, that's practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tina, I think we could go 
another hour. Yeah, this <laughs> uh, is great. We're going to wrap it up, though. Yeah. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you or sure. your organization if they want to find out more? Yeah, definitely. So if you go to uh, there's the, the main kind of hub is tergar.org, T-E-R-G-A-R.org. And there's links to all sorts of different programs there. If you're interested in the Joy of Living, which is the, the secular program, uh, which I've talked about quite a bit today, it's beta, strangely, B-E-T-A dot And then you can start a free trial for the Joy of Living program. There's a 30-day free trial, so you can try out some of the videos. Um, you can also connect on social media if you look up Tergar. YouTube, there's tons of videos of Mingyur Rinpoche teaching. Mm. So if you don't have the means to actually um, to, to pay for a program. And actually, I should add, by the way, that the finances are no limit. So if you have no financial ability to to pay, we will also, you just email and we will set you up with an account too. That's so, amazing. So if you can pay, you can pay. If you can't pay, you can't pay. And then mm. we will still sign you up. So those are the websites for myself personally. You can definitely email me if you're interested. It's justin.ralph at tergar.org. And then I can also connect you with whatever. So. Amazing. And yeah. they can find out more about you and other great professionals that we have at uh, mycleanbreak.ca. That's our website. Great. Uh, loaded with lots of advice and uh, mm -hmm. great stories and great podcasts. Mm -hmm. So check that out. Uh, but before we go, yeah. I want to hear that voice. <laughs> you want me to sing some? I want a little. Yeah, look. Can you do a, can you do a like a low one? Can we do a little? Alex, are Alex, ready? are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Alex is all in. He said well, you're not going to blow up his his, uh, his equipment. He'll have so. to pull the game down. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. You want to do it? Oh, okay. So Here we what go. What should I do? <clears throat> um, okay, I'll do a little. My 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 final retire before I retired from the opera world. I did this operetta uh, Deflator Mouse. I played Alfred, the vocal teacher, actually, and it was in English. So. And this dog, this song makes my dog crazy, so. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Your dog is there, just. <laughs> Turtle dove who flew aloft, calm my pain enraptured. Turtle dove I kiss so oft, let thyself be captured. Dearest, sweetest turtle dove, Come, let nothing linger. Full of ardor is my love, darling Rosalinda. Full of ardor is my love, darling Rosalinda. Wow. I'm crying. I've never cried. <laughs> Everybody in the sound room oh is like clapping gosh. right now. That's awesome. Good job. Wow. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Well, I couldn't think of a better way to end the show. Oh my God, you're in tears. I'm seriously literally... crying. Well done. Thank you very Pleasure much. Pleasure having you on the thank show. You thank you for so having much. me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, before we leave, though, we're going to say another big thank you to our sponsor. Do you think you I can know, read I the can't. page? No, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley. All right. But... <laughs> we'll just say visit Cloud9 Cloud Business, Business Solutions. Solutions. Uh, they'll help you out. Yeah. Great team there. Oh. And until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on life transitions. You can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. 
MyCleanBreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition.